0: Hello, hello. Um, Welcome to my final portfolio reflection portion. Um, I love to stay in chat, but I don't want to keep you too long. So I'm going to dive right in to the first list I made, which is key points learned from this class. So starting off, um, this class taught me what multimodal multi-genre composition actually is. Um, I think that I've done a little teensy tiny bit throughout my career, but without having a name to what I'm doing. So just knowing what exactly that is, some of the nuances and intricacies of it has been really helpful. And if I'm going to advocate for it, I need to know what it is. So, um, really loved, um, Shauna's book. I really love having that as a resource. It was very digestible for me and something about it just clicked with my brain. So having that by my side is a really big help. Um, just knowing what different kinds of composition can look like sound like feel like um that's a big that's a big leap for me knowing that something like a collage can be a form of composition a script which in my mind i know that's a composition um but thinking of it as something that students can compose Just framing it differently really makes all the difference. So, knowing the different ways that things can look, not how they should look, but how they can look. Um, Arguments and points in favor of multimodal and multi-genre composition, and those kinds of talking points to advocate for those kinds of things in my classroom. Um, And the final chapter of Shauna's book, she covers those arguments and kind of um, the things to, the evidence, the data to go. Back against them that you can use in your real circumstances I will absolutely be utilizing those because I can already sense the pushback that I might get from my administrator um, but I feel kind of ready Um, resources and tech tools. I love the tech tool folder, the time to just experiment. Um, all of that is really useful. And then just all of the things that my peers have used and shown me so that I can put those in my own individual toolbox and pass on to other people. That's incredible. That's a, I feel like I learned so much in such a small amount of time. It's crazy. I always feel this way with OWP, but it's just so meaningful and I love it. Um, inquiry approach. I am one of those people that feels like if I don't have the ultimate control over everything, then things are going to fail and I'm not doing my job. But again, in Shauna's book, uh, just the idea that, you know, it, it doesn't need to be that drastic and it's okay to learn alongside your students and kind of say, I don't know, let's find out. And then you find out together and you serve as an example to students that you don't always have to know the answer. And I really feel like that's pushing back against the framework of the typical classroom, um, that which we really need to do right now. I, again, I'm going to say I have no interest in being the dictator of my classroom, the be-all end-all knowledge, because I'm not. And I really want to show students like what real life learning is. So that's a big, that's a big point for me. Um, So I'm really glad to have somebody that's vastly more intelligent and more experienced than me say, Hey man, that's cool. In fact, like go for it. I support you. That's that. I needed that. I needed to hear that in my soul. So some of my future plans, I'm going to slowly integrate these opportunities for multimodal composition. Again, I've done a teensy tiny bit, but I want to push it further. You'll see that in my lesson plan, um, embrace the inquiry approach. Again, it's going to take a little bit of, you know, a leap of faith for me to let go of some of that control, but I'm really looking forward to it because I think it'll be good for my kids and good for my brain and my soul and my love for my job. <laughs> um, I want to set an example for students and colleagues that might feel the same, you know. Um, I want to create with my students. Like, I loved creating. This class really gave me a safe space to be creative. And I don't really see myself as a creative person. So just kind of tapping into that part of myself, no matter how small it is, was really incredible. This is going to go over six minutes. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm so, so sorry. And um, keep pursuing multimodal info, like reading more books, Jason. Uh, I'm ordering that book. I need a, I'm one of the people that needs a paper copy. And I just I want that book. I want to read it. I want to, I want more resources, more colleagues, more allies. Um, that's another plan. and I want to advocate. Um, I want to push back against that narrative that's a really unfair narrative that the only kind of composition is alphabetical because it's just really, disservicing a lot of a lot of people a lot of students and a lot of cultures and yet we just we truly just need to be pushing back against that and by we I mean I okay so moving on to my actual portfolio um my revised composition I chose my one word motto Jason you and I kind of had a conversation about how this might have been a finished piece that did not stop me from staring at it for about 45 minutes to an hour thinking about what I could do to change it and revise it. And after moving letters around, toying with the background, and then reverting back to its original structure, um, I decided that you were correct, and it does stand as is. Um, You can see, if we've talked, how much has gone into this. um, Each individual letter was chosen with care. Each individual letter was chosen with the intention that it was in itself uncooperative. The pink background is supposed to be loud and, you know, hit you in the face. Uh, The structuring of the word itself where it's not in a straight line. um, It's all meant to represent an uncooperative quality, just not being what is expected of the standard, if that makes any sense. So I did choose this as my revised composition because I I tried. I tried very hard and then I came to the conclusion that it, it was how it was supposed to be. So I do love that piece in a weird way. So moving on to my lesson plan, i um, really excited to try this with my seniors this year. Uh, I was, I had freshmen, it got switched up and now I have seniors. So I think this is a good opportunity by, because by the time they'll get to me, they've gotten to me, they'll have written so many narratives and probably be a little tired with the same old, same old. So offering them a different spin on it um, after we've composed the written part And allowing them to kind of toy and pursue different modes of composition. uh, Helping them maybe record it on on a podcast level. Helping them turn it into a comic or a script or whatever you have it. I'm excited to experiment. And then even um, trading out some of my more alphabetical mentor texts for comics, videos, podcasts, images, all those different things. I think it's a perfect place to integrate that in and kind of dip my toes in and start sprinkling a little more multimodal composition into my lesson plans. So the texts that mean a lot to me, my magnetic poetry is my number one favorite because this is where I truly thought about my audience and myself at the same time. This is for anybody that's ever felt like I do. Um, the structure of the whole poem, even to me, kind of looks like a human form and the emphasis of the one word lines, the two word lines, uh, the word enormous really kind of jumped out to me because people that are not standard, and I'm using air quotes, like standard acceptable human beings, anyone that's not a tall, thin, straight white guy, um, we're told to shrink ourselves. And I'm so done with that. And I hope we all are. So anybody that's over shrinking themselves for the comfort of another person, this is for you. Um, The soft color of the purple background. The elements of the images creating that soft but almost like, I don't want to say like sensual, but I don't know. Emotional tactile like the you know the feeling of the fuzz on peaches that almost represent human skin um the honey representing sweetness and all those kinds of images that just came to my mind when thinking about my poem the goddesses the women supporting women women of all shapes sizes races ethnicities a lot of thought went into that and it remains my favorite piece and i will hold it in my heart forever Blackout poetry was my biggest challenge, and that's why I included it here. Um, I probably started over with different texts probably five times and was still unhappy with what I came out with because I felt like it didn't make a lot of sense to anybody else but me. But I feel like when you do look at it, you see those elements of um, the tide, the sea, the sky, luminous sharply peaked gleams shores like those those natural elements as well as those words like motionless and mournful and luminous I wanted those to stick out now while it doesn't tell a huge you know linear story I think that the reader can kind of make with it what they want using those boundaries that I've kind of created this was my favorite take Yeah, this was my favorite take of this. Many came before it, and this was the one that I was the happiest with. Um, Not totally satisfied. We'll play with it again. But what's most meaningful about this piece is um, I had to get over my last failed attempt with Blackout Poetry. And I was like, I'm going to spar with this again. I'm going to wrestle with this again and see what happens. And it was incredibly frustrating. But there is a small victory in the fact that I kind of came out with something that worked in some sense for somebody. So it was it's a work in progress. It's an evolving piece and something that I'm going to try again. Maybe I'll get better and better. But the fact that it's not perfect is an incredible vulner- vulnerability piece for me because I'm a perfectionist and I need to get all the way over that. But I digress. Um, last Last one, I promise, whoever's listening, and once again, I owe you big time. I This was hard. So my last piece is the trading card, which was super engaging and fun for me. Um, it was a blast from the past type deal. Uh, if you've ever seen Avatar The Last Airbender, you know who Zuko is. You know that he started off as the bad guy and ended up an ally, and we love him for that. So I really enjoyed this. I wanted the dark red background because that's a color scheme that's often represented by the fire nation in the show. Um, His name and his title are in that funky kind of Markery, uh, that font that I just really enjoy. And I wanted it that way because it just kind of spoke to his aesthetic. So I kept that the blocky bold font really. I just wanted it to stand out and kind of represent his personality which is something else. So I really had fun creating this. It was a little bit of nostalgia. It was incredibly intentional and just really, really engaging. And I could see how this would be an amazing thing to do with students. And I will absolutely be using this. So I just wanted to include that because it makes my heart happy. Um, that's it. That's it. Jazz hands. Um, this was amazing and I love you both so much for just being incredible human beings and allowing this opportunity and space for people to branch outside of their comfort zone and push back against what we've all been conditioned to know as writing. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoy some of these pieces as much as I enjoyed making them. And I really look forward to hearing your feedback because it almost always makes me emotional. (laughs) so i really love it um i'm sorry for this being so long i tried i promise but um again i owe you a coffee um goodbye and i'll miss you even though i'll see you soon